That's beat, that beat is so hype, you're like, oh, you already get this party started? <laughs> Come on, everybody, let's stand up. Glad you're here. Let's worship together. Uncontainable love. Take us in, Brittany. I was going down, thought it was for the count. Then I found your love. I had wandered off, thought I had gone too far. There I found your love. Here I used to know.
with all that we have, with all that we are, it's great to come and just tell God thank you. And uh, we'll give you more chances to just tell God thank you throughout the morning as the day goes along. So, so glad you're here, gang. Thanks for making time for God today. It's a great big day in the life of Hope Vale. It's a really, really good day to be here. Hey, before you have a seat, uh, say hi to somebody around you. We'll see you back in a second. Thanks. Well, welcome to Hope Vale, everyone. And welcome to fall. Here we are. I think it's officially fall, isn't it? And I love fall, but this time of the year, a lot comes at us, doesn't it? We have opportunities to get involved in our kids' school, in the community, at Hopevale. It can make our heads spin sometimes. And as a church, we want to encourage you to make a few good investments in your walk with God because this really influences every area of our lives. So I want, to, I want to share three good investments that you should think about this fall. First, come on Sundays. That's simple, right? We can do that. Come on Sundays and let God speak to you while you're here. And while you're here, worship an hour and serve an hour. Make it possible for other people to be a part of these worship services for God to speak to them. You can serve in kids' ministry, be a greeter, help out with the parking team. So come on Sundays. Be involved on Sundays. And secondly, do life with a community group. This is the way to connect at Hopevale. It's, it's the way to make following Jesus real in your everyday life at home, at work. And so be part. Do life with a community group. If you're already in a group, jump back into your group with both feet. If you're not yet part of a group, then we encourage you, talk to somebody at the center of the lobby today. There'll be people right there. You'll see some signs and find out more about a community group. We have 53 Hopevale community groups that meet all around the Great Lakes Bay region. There is a place for you in a group. 17 of them offer childcare, so do life with a community group. And finally, consider a class. Classes really help us go deeper in the Bible. They sharpen our, our gifts, our ministry skills, so that we can make impact on other people. We have a lot of different classes. Check them out. They begin today, this morning and this evening. So just a few simple investments. Wouldn't it be great if each of us could look back on this church year and say, I have really grown this year. I have really made progress in Christ and God is using me. Wouldn't that be great? And that doesn't just happen. It takes a few good investments in our walk with God. And so I encourage you uh, to think about those. And as our ushers come forward, uh, I want to encourage us in our time of giving. It's really our generous giving that makes possible all these opportunities to connect and grow and serve for our children, for our youth, for our adults. So let's pray for our time of worship and giving. Father, we thank you uh, for this opportunity to give this morning. Thank you, Lord, that we can give toward things like community group ministry, classes ministry, our welcome, our worship, our children, our youth. And Lord, we, we want you to use each of these ministry areas as we begin this fall to make impact, real life impact in the lives of others and our own lives as well. And so Lord, help us. Thank you, thank you for our time of giving that we can worship you in this way. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, so my name is uh, Billy. I'm one of the pastors here too at Hope Vale. And um, this next song we're going to sing, uh, Touch the Sky. Uh, it starts off saying, uh, What fortune lies beyond the stars, those dazzling heights too vast to climb. Uh, it makes me think of uh, how 
big God is, gang. And just as another reminder, coming to church on a Sunday, uh, to hear from one of your pastors to say, hey, God's so big, he's gigantic. Uh, Psalm 8 says he set the moon and the stars in place. And yet God's so very tiny too. Um, Psalm 139 uh, says he knows the number, numbers of hair on our head. Uh, so there's a, a God that's so big and so small and everything in between and everything greater than even those extremes that we can imagine. Good to, good to set our perspectives right uh, coming into church today. Kind of makes you forget about what you're going to have for lunch a little bit. Um, today, like I said, is a great big day in Hope Vale, sort of a, one of those monumental days, and uh, Pastor Dan's going to unveil a lot. But um, I think every day, every Sunday is sort of a monu monumental day. Every day we have to worship the Lord is a monumental day. And I don't mean that tongue-in-cheek or cliche. I really just mean that God's giving you the opportunity to realize again just how great He is and how amazing He is. So we're going to continue in worship and um, singing this song, Touch the Sky. So just remain seated for a few moments. We'll get you up uh, when the offering's done being collected. So Mark, take us in, Mark.
it's so refreshing to adore you. It's so refreshing to just come and be in peace with your spirit and with each other. May we not have times where um, we just go too far and don't have these times. So God, may we have more and more of these times in our lives where we come before you, where we honor you, and we just adore you, and we tell you we love you. We tell you thank you. We tell you there's none above you before everything slips away. Today and the day goes by. May you hear it from us now. And so we sing again. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the Praise the Lord with our hands this morning. Oh, what a special time, gang. Glad you're here. Go ahead and have a seat. What a morning of worship, huh? Wow, incredible. And that really, that, that line, our affection, our devotion, poured out on the feet of Jesus. It's what we see in the Gospels when Jesus' feet are anointed. And we really get this sense that that's what worship is. It's not just what we're doing with our lips. It's what we sense in our hearts and giving our hearts anew and afresh to Jesus every day. Well, I'm Pastor Dan Davis, Senior Pastor here at Hopevale, and uh, this morning we get to turn the page to a new message series. After Pastor Steve Fletcher wrapped up our More Than a Song series last Sunday, today and over the next four weeks we're going to talk about vision. Vision and about some of the exciting and stretching things that God has in store for our church's future. And to begin that, I want us to start by having us look at a passage of Scripture from the Bible. It's found in the New Testament in the Gospel of John. There are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Chapter 12, verse 24. 1224, Gospel of John. Jesus says this, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies. It remains only a single seed, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Actually, let's read that together, okay? Here we go. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, remains only a single seed, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. Thank you. Well done. Now, there's a lot 
to think about with this one verse, and we'll do that a little later, but I want you to hold on for a moment, and we'll get back to it toward the end of the message. For now, though, let's go back to this idea of vision. What is vision? Well, to talk about vision is to talk about a picture of the future, a picture of the future, but it's not just any kind of future. It's an improved future. It's a better future. It's a different future. It is a future that is preferred to the present. Now, vision doesn't mean that everything in the here and now is horrible and that there's no good whatsoever, but vision does imply that everything right now isn't all that it could or should be. As a matter of fact, some of the most stirring visions come from a place of frustration and discontentment, right? That in the case of the church and us as Christians, it's a place of holy discontentment, that in light of God's word, we feel a restlessness over something that is wrong or lacking in our world. That's why vision is inspirational. It grabs our hearts. It stirs our emotions. Vision is compelling, and it engages something deep within us, something that makes us say, yeah, I want to see that happen too. I want to be a part of that. We saw it last year, didn't we, in 2016 with the election where people rallied around, you know, Donald or Hillary or Bernie because what? They were so excited by the candidate's vision for the future and the possibility of change that they promised to bring to things that were important to us like healthcare, the economy, national security, immigration, you, may, you name it. That's why emotions were so intense following the election, and not just the day after, but here we are still going strong nearly a year later, right? Why? Because vision is inspirational. The promise of positive change, it stirs something deep within us. Vision, though, is also imaginative. It's imaginative. So it's not just taking the present and making it a little better with a few minor tweaks here and there. No, vision is a whole new way of doing things. So it's not just incremental change, it is a quantum leap forward. Just this past week, Apple introduced the brand new iPhone 10. The iPhone 10, which includes things like facial recognition, wireless charging, dramatically improved sound, and picture taking, all yours for the low, low price of $999. <laughs> How nice of them to keep it under a thousand, right? Yeah. Now, I bring that up not to debate the merits of the iPhone 10. No, I mention that because this week's announcement came on the 10th anniversary of the very first iPhone. 10 years. Now, maybe we're a little jaded after a decade, but think back to how incredible and how imaginative that first was, right? We lived in a world of flip phones and sliders and Blackberries, right? And now came this device that would bring your whole world together, music, weather, news, sports, and not just getting the scores, but watching the games, shopping, banking, playing Candy Crush during my message. I mean, it can do everything. Seriously, though, you know, I think here at church, we tell you what? We tell you to pull up Bible verses, message notes, right there on your smartphone. You can even watch the entire service on your phone during the week if you happen to miss a Sunday. It is incredible. But all that came from the vision. See, vision isn't about incremental change. It's about inspirational change. It's about imaginative change, which makes it both very exciting, but also kind of scary. Really, it's true. Because any type of change, even if it is for the better, is going to make us feel that way. But vision, if it is compelling enough, 
can make us push past the discomfort and move us toward that change. Why? Because deep down inside, we believe it's truly worth the risk. So having talked about vision in general, what does all this mean for Hope Bell? What is our vision for a better future? One that is inspirational and imaginative. Well, to answer that question, before we talk about our future, I first want us to take a look at our past, because I truly believe that the more we understand and can appreciate how God has led this church in the past, then the more confident we'll be in his guidance for our future. Now, when we talk about Hope Bell, we need to go back several decades in time and halfway around the world. See, the Hopewell name comes originally from this incredibly moving story of 11 Christian missionaries who were martyred in the Philippines during World War II. Hopewell, or Valley of Hope, right, was the name of the mountain hideaway on the Philippine island of Panay where these missionaries took refuge when Japanese armies invaded their island. And so after a year and a half of secrecy and hiding out where they lived rather primitively, they built grass huts, they slept on bamboo floors, they survived mostly on rice, greens, and bananas. After a year and a half, they were eventually discovered by some Japanese soldiers. And despite pleading for their lives, these missionaries were brutally executed on September 20th, 1943. Here are their pictures. Jenny Adams, James and Sharma Covell, Dorothy Dowell, Signe Erickson, Dr. Frederick and Ruth Meyer, Dr. Francis and Gertrude Rose, the Reverend Earl Frederick Rounds, his wife Louise Rounds, and their young son, Earl Douglas Rounds, who was just nine years old. Eleven missionaries, one child. And there's so much more I can tell you about this story. You know, just two years earlier, that was just after the attack on Pearl Harbor. They were given the opportunity to end their time there and come back to the safety of the United States. But they prayed. They chose to stay, to continue to minister the love of Jesus to the Philippine people they were called to serve. Some worked in medicine at a missions hospital they established. Some in education and Christian training at a school for Filipino believers. Some were involved directly in evangelism to people who lived in the remotest parts of the Philippines. That despite the risks, they chose to stay. Why? Because they were motivated by a compelling vision to share Jesus in word and deed with those who had never heard. And so this church... Our church was named to capture the, the spirit of these Christians. Named in their honor, these people who are committed to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to all nations, just as Jesus commanded his church in the Great Commission of Matthew 28. I love the history of the Hopewell name. It moves me every time I tell this story because it's a reminder of our legacy. This is our legacy. And what it means for us right here to live sacrificially for the cause of Christ in our own generation, just like they did. And so if you are a follower and worshiper of Jesus Christ, if you are a part of Hopevale Church, these are your people. This is your legacy, to live sacrificially for the cause of Christ in your own generation. And you need to understand that, because when we talk about vision, God's vision for our future is tied directly to the legacy of our past. It is. And so that's the origin of our name, Hopevale Church. 
But the story doesn't stop there. Fast forward a decade or so past World War II and enter into the late 1950s. It's a booming time in America back then. That includes right here in Saginaw, Michigan. The city was growing rapidly, nearing close to 100,000 residents. The surrounding suburbs are beginning to expand as well. Over the course of the 1950s, Saginaw Township grew from 5,000 people to 15,000 people. And so as part of this movement, members from two downtown churches, First Baptist Church of Saginaw and Michigan Avenue Baptist Church, they partnered together and they had a dream, a dream to begin a church in Saginaw Township that would be a dynamic witness for Jesus Christ. And they would call this church Hopevale, Hopevale. Now, what's interesting about this chapter in the Hopevale story is that things began not in a church building, but in a school building. Not a church building, but a school building. That on September 13th, 1959, that's right, that's, that's just this past week, the anniversary, 58 years, that on that Sunday, Hopevale held its very first worship service at McBride Elementary School on Wynikey Road. It's just a couple miles down the road from us. That place is now known as McBride Manor. It's an assisted living facility for seniors. But back then, the original core started Hopevale. They held their first worship services in a school building, and it continued that way for the next five-plus years. September of 64, a groundbreaking ceremony took place on 5360 Shattuck Road. And then the following summer, July 11th, 1965, the first worship service was held in their new church building that they had given sacrificially toward. That building now and where they first met is the same space we now call the Apex on our South Campus, and that's where our middle school students meet every Sunday night. Now, I was thinking about the people who made up this founding core, because the vision to start a new church in a school building had to be quite shocking for them. It had to be. Think about the trade-off they had to make, that this core group came from two established congregations that both had beautiful buildings in the city. One is that uh, red brick church that you see right next to the Saginaw County Courthouse, and the other is a nice stone building right next to the Dow Event Center. So certainly back in the 1950s, those both felt like churches. And yet this committed group of Christian believers, they left the safety of their familiar surroundings. They traded wooden pews for folding chairs, right? They, they, they traded stained glass windows for chalky blackboards. And they did so, why? To chase after a vision of seeing God do a new work in Saginaw Township by taking the gospel to even more people. So that founding core, they too are your people. They too are your legacy. Well, let's hop to the present now. And let's talk about the building we're in right here. As I mentioned last month, we just passed our seventh anniversary in this facility. We opened for worship here on Sunday, August 8th, 2010. And the two-mile journey from, from uh, Center in Shattuck to Center in Titabawasi was nothing less than a miracle. The story begins back in the late 1990s when we first purchased this par parcel of property. Where we are right now, back then it was just a field full of soybeans. But we didn't start building anything right away because God said to us, now's not the time. See, we thought we were ready for a new church building, but God still had more work to do in us as a church body. And so we carried on throughout the 2000s until finally we sensed the Holy Spirit leading us to take this step of faith. And we were ready. 
Do you see in this picture? This is a prayer ceremony held in that field, actually physically right in this vicinity. And the cross that you see there is that cross right there. Now, some of you here were part of that journey. When we laid out the vision for this facility and the $7.5 million price tag that went along with it, And so in the spring of 2007, we challenged our congregation to pray and to work and to give sacrificially to make this happen. And if that wasn't challenging enough, halfway through this three-year journey toward the end of 2008, the biggest economic downturn since the Great Depression hit our country. Talk about intimidation. Talk about giants in the land. Logic said, pull the plug. Faith said, keep on going. And so we did. And because we did, we're now gathered for worship in a place that ultimately God built. He did. This right here, everything you see around you, right, is a miracle. And as part of that miracle, he used some of you here because you were willing to work, to serve, to give sacrificially for the cause of Christ in your own generation. And God honored that. And because God honored that, Not only are you blessed, but the rest of you here, even though you weren't part of that original journey, you're also experiencing the ongoing ripples of that same blessing. See, when God gave us the vision for this place, it wasn't about bigger and better. It wasn't about newer and nicer. Now, we're incredibly grateful for all that we have, don't get me wrong, but ultimately, it's not about the stuff. Now, we prayed that God would use this place and this location as a greater platform for ministry to the people around us, to your neighbor across the street, to your coworker in the adjoining cubicle, to your friend in the classroom, to your acquaintance on your kid's soccer team, people like that who are now part of our church, along with us ministering to needs in our community and in the Great Lakes Bay region, neighborhood renewal in the city, ministering to troubled teens, caring for broken families, abused women, feeding the hungry, sheltering the homeless. God has opened all these doors for you to be the hands, the feet, the voice, the heart of Jesus to those around you. And it all goes back to that group of people who as scary and as stretching as it was for us, You were willing to walk forward in faith and to carry on the Hopel legacy. And I'm so thankful for those of you who are a part of that. Well, my guess, as I share all that, is that there are a few of you here who knew all of that story. Then I bet there are many of you here who knew some of that story. And then for the rest of you, everything I've shared this morning is brand spanking new to you, right? But whatever the case might be, here we are together. All of us. You've heard the Hopevale story. You have tasted the Hopevale legacy, and so important for us to know that. Because like I said, God's vision for our future is tied directly to the legacy of our past. So while God is once again calling us to something new, it is from this rich heritage that we move forward together by faith. So what then is this new vision that God has for Hopevale? Well, over the last couple years, the elders and staff have been praying and planning, dreaming and discussing what God might have for us next. And here is what we have discerned together that we believe is truly from the Lord. That over the next five years, we want to aggressively pursue growth in a faith-stretching way, both in this community and in this region. To aggressively pursue growth, 
both in this community and this region, which means both Saginaw Township and the immediate surroundings, also along with the entire Great Lakes Bay region. See, here at Hopewell, we draw from a wide geographical radius. Now, most of you are, you know, you're concentrated within a five, 10-mile radius from here, but we also get a lot of people who travel a lot further than that. I'm, I'm just curious, how many of you drive more than 10 miles to come to church here? Just raise your hand. Look at that. It's incredible. And so as we pursue growth in this community and growth in this region, we desperately sought from the Lord, wanting to know, God, what do you want us to do next, right? What's the first step we're supposed to take? That's what we wrestled with. And here is what we have concluded, that our next big step is to begin a Hopewell Church in Bay City. That our next big step as a church is to begin a Hopewell Church in Bay City. Now, if you've been to any of our business meetings, there you go. We're just getting started. If you think that's great, let me tell you. Because if you've been to our business meetings or if you've talked casually with some of our staff before, this isn't the first time you've heard this. We've been sensing this direction for quite a while, but finally this year, 2017, is when the elders and staff felt like we got a green light from the Lord to go for it and to begin to make this happen. So over the next several minutes, I want to lay out some of the basics of what it means for us to begin a Hopewell Church in Bay City. And I'm just going to warn you up front that after I share some of the details about this, you're going to walk out of here with more questions than answers, okay? Just kind of warning you up front. More questions than answers, right? But that's okay because for now, this is just the first of many opportunities you're going to have to learn more about this. And this is a journey of faith that we're all going to get to take together. So here we go. Let me talk about some of the basics. What, where, when, and who. What, where, when, and who. Let's start with the what. What does it mean for us to begin a Hopewell Church in Bay City. What's it going to look like? Well, when churches in general talk about starting a new work, there's a couple different ways they can go about it. One way is called church planting. And church planting is when a group of people from an existing church, that group leaves that church to start an entirely new church with its own pastor, its own leadership, and even its own name. And all that is disconnected and independent from that sending church. So yes, they'll send people from that church and they'll probably send some funds to go along with it, but there's a separation that takes place. That's actually how this church, and the story I told you from the late 1950s, that's actually how we started. That's called church planting. The other way is called church multi-site. And with church multi-site, a new work begins in a different geographical location but a connection remains with the original church that sends them. And we believe that this church multi-site strategy is the way for us to go as we begin a Hopewell Church in Bay City. So what's it going to look like? Well, essentially, the core of what you experience here is what you're going to experience there. We're going to call it Hopewell Church. On Sundays, that means worship services with music and teaching, along with kids' ministries and welcome ministries, just like we have here. It also means that we'll have community groups during the week as a way to help connect you and grow and serve. Also, the building blocks, you know, they're not going to change, but you know, let's be honest, it is going to feel a little different. So beyond location, which we'll talk about in a moment, one of the biggest differences is that on most Sundays, we're going to video stream the teaching from here, okay? 
Most Sundays, we're going to video stream the teaching from here, which means that if you are looking forward to no longer having to hear from this guy, I hate to break it to you, but you're stuck with me, okay? That's how this gig's going to work, right? Now, the rest of the service is going to be live. Worship leader, vocalist, musicians will all be live. The pastoral moments in the service will be live. Everything else will be live. It's just the teaching that will be streamed via video. Now, for some of you, that sounds like a stretch. And I get that, right? I mean, wow, going to a church with, with video teaching. But if we can just be honest for a moment, okay? This summer, I had the opportunity when I was not preaching to sit toward the back of the auditorium And I've watched how you all take in the service. I do. Now, some of you are looking up front, right? But there are a whole lot of eyes staring at those screens, right? There are. And that's not an accusation. That's just reality. That's the way things are in 2017. It's why we hosted a simulcast women's conference in this facility just yesterday. And so I really believe that as a church leadership, this multi-site strategy, live worship, streamed video teaching is going to be a win-win approach as we begin a Hopewell Church in Bay City. So that's a bit of the what. Let's move on to the where. Where is this church going to meet? Well, as I mentioned earlier, we've sensed this move to Bay City for quite some time, but it was just this past January at our annual elders retreat that we got even more specific. We identified the intersection of Euclid Road and Wilder Road as our epicenter, that we wanted to be somewhere in that vicinity. So we checked out a bunch of options. We looked at vacant buildings, empty lots, shared spaces, school facilities, unoccupied churches. We even looked at the Bay City Mall just down the road, open stores, Target, Sears, right, and lease possibilities there. But as we explored all these options, a clear direction began to emerge with Bay City John Glenn High, John Glenn High School on Kiesel Road in Bangor Township. If you're familiar with that area, it's just south and west of our Target intersection. They have a wonderful performing arts center that seats 600 plus people. They have an adjacent cafeteria that mimics our lobby here. They've got workable spaces for kids ministry and another underrated aspect, they've got convenient and ample parking, which is no small thing. You've got to factor all that together. And so we've been in discussion over the last several months during the summer with school and district administrators, which, by the way, they have been tremendous to work with, right? And just this month, we've finalized a lease agreement to be able to use the school on Sundays, which, by the way, will be the first time, at least in recent history, that they've ever had an arrangement like that with a church. So we're really excited about this. We believe this is a huge answer to prayer and an open door from God. And you know what else is really great about this? Starting in a school is part of our legacy, right? Our heritage. Hopevale people have done this before as part of our story, as part of their commitment to living sacrificially for the cause of Christ. And I believe that there's a group of people here today who are going to be called to follow in those exact same footsteps. A Hopevale multi-site church in Bay City, that's the what? Meeting at Bay City John Glenn High School, that's the where. So what about the when? What's the timing with all this? Well, let me draw a timeline for you, if you can follow me on the screen here. Here we are in September 2017. Our goal is to begin Sunday worship services in Bay City in February of 2018, which is five months away. So between now and then, we want to pray together, talk together, work together, and give together to help make this vision a reality. 
Now, a few other details that before this series is over, we're going to have a couple initial town hall meetings that we'll talk more about the details. Ideally, one of those meetings is going to be right here at North Campus, and one of those meetings will be in Bay City. And next Sunday, I hope to share more details about those meetings with you. And then after this series is over, we're going to have an informational meeting for the curious and the committed on the following Sunday, which is October 15th in the venue right here, right in our building during the first service time, beginning at 9.30 a.m. And then as we get toward the end of October, we're going to begin what we call incubation services in the venue. Incubation services, and they'll meet during the 9.30 a.m. service. That in the venue, which can seat 200 people, we'll have live worship, we'll have live pastoral moments, and we'll video stream the message into the venue just like we plan to do in Bay City. And the purpose of these incubation services is to build and unite a group of people that's going to help make up this founding core for Hopewell Church in Bay City. Other churches have done something similar when they've launched church multi-sites, and we think it's going to be a really effective way to help get things off the ground. Now, the other part of this timeline is January, where we'd like to have a few practice Sundays, so to speak, before we go public. In other words, the core group that meets in the venue over the fall for incubation services will move to John Glenn and have a few weeks on their own to work out some of the bugs. You know, another way to think about it is this, that businesses, restaurants, they have things like a soft opening and a grand opening, right? You ever heard that? Soft opening, grand opening. So the plan would be to soft open in January and then to grand open to the public in February. And as we get closer, we'll have more specifics on what those exact dates will be. Does that make sense? So February 2018, that's our goal. That's what we're shooting for. That's what we're praying for. And then finally, the who. Who's going to be involved with Hopevale Church in Bay City? Well, I want to answer the who question on a couple different levels. First, let me talk about staffing. I'm excited to announce this morning that our own pastor, Steve Fletcher, is going to be the campus pastor of Hopevale Church in Bay City. It's exciting stuff. Steve is gifted and tremendous for this. Um, he usually shows up second service, so I'll tell him a lot of you clapped. And, and I, I took names, by the way, so yeah. Now, when I say campus pastor, it means that he's going to oversee the congregation in Bay City. He'll lead the ministry, shepherding efforts of that church. He'll be a regular presence on Sunday services, and he'll also meet with staff, congregants, and members of the community during the week. In addition to Steve, we're going to hire a part-time worship director, a part-time kids ministry director. Beyond that, we'll look for committed volunteers, the core of this church, for making ministry happen both on Sundays as well as all throughout the rest of the week. That's the staffing side, but what about the member side, the attender side? Well, here is our goal. We would like to see 150 to 200 people sent out from our church to be part of this new work. 150 to 200 people who are willing to make the sacrifice and take the risk to be part of this faith-stretching adventure. And we believe that if we can have a core group from here of 150 to 200, then it's realistic to expect the church to start off with three to 400 people at our first Sunday services when we launch in February. That's our goal. That's what we're praying for. And I believe that God is going to nudge some of you to be a part of it. I really do. Both those of you who live in and around Bay City, but also some of you here who sense the Holy Spirit leading you to be a part of this launch. Now, we're not asking anyone here today to decide something right now, 
But we do want you to join us in prayer. We want you to pray, pray about this with us. Because even if you are 100% locked in to staying in Saginaw, we need you to pray as well. Why? Because this is about all of us. It really is. So here's the wrap-up. We're starting a Hopewell multi-site church in Bay City. It's going to meet on Sundays at John Glenn High School in Bay City. Beginning February of 2018, Lord willing, Steve Fletcher is going to be our campus pastor. And we're looking for 150 to 200 people from our church to be part of the founding core, to be part of helping to write another amazing chapter in the Hopevale story as we carry on the legacy of what it means to live sacrificially for the cause of Christ in our own generation. It's exciting, isn't it? It really is. And we're going to talk more about this in the weeks to come. But as I wrap things up today, I want to go back to that passage that I shared earlier from John 12. John 12, 24. Actually, we're going to back up a verse and start with verse 23 says this, Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Now what's Jesus talking about here? Seeds, wheat, dying. He's talking about his own life. He's talking about his impending crucifixion. And how he's going to be willing to lay down his life. That if he will fall to the ground and die, how that one sacrifice is going to yield an abundance of blessings. These many seeds, the multiplying effect of his salvation that still rings true to us 2,000 years later. So instead of protecting his own life, which he could have done, and just remaining a single seed, Jesus' willingness to go to the cross and to die for our sins is going to bring the fruit of an innumerable amount of seeds. Verse 25, anyone who loves their life will lose it. Well, anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. See, that's what this is about. Following Jesus with this one life we've got means letting go of our own plans. It means stepping out of our own comfort zone. It means willing to serve, to go wherever it may lead us. And as we do, even though it will feel like death at times, it's actually going to lead us to life, eternal life, and the greatest blessing possible, honor from our Father in heaven. How God uses sacrifice to bring blessing to others. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Many seeds. Many seeds. Many seeds. So as I close, let me ask this one last question. How many of you here today began attending Hopevale after we moved into this building back in 2010? You started coming here within the last seven years. If that's you, I want you to stand. You're new to Hopevale within the last seven years. I want you to stand. Now, I just stay standing, okay? We'll, we'll wrap things up in a moment. You know, you're here because others before you were willing to follow Jesus, were willing to make sacrifices, to take kingdom risks. 
You are one of the many seeds born out of their commitment to fall to the ground and die. To die to their own selfish desires, to step out of their comfort zone in order to live sacrificially for the cause of Christ in their own generation. The vision of seeing you worship Jesus here because there wasn't any room left for you at our old facility, it was worth it to them. That's why you're here. So it's your turn now. Actually, it's our turn now to do the same. Could the rest of you stand? It's our turn to let go of our lives, that even more people will come to experience the incomparable blessing of what Jesus talks about right in this passage, eternal life, the eternal life that comes only in knowing and following Jesus. That's the vision that God has for our church called Hopewell. Let's follow that vision together. Let's pray, and then we'll respond with worship. God... We're here by your mercy and grace. We're here because others were willing to make sacrifices, to not hold on to their lives, but to let go of their lives. I found my life, we sang, Lord, when I lay it down. And so here we are carrying on the Hope Bell legacy. The torch has been passed to us, and you're calling us to take a big step, to take a huge step. That isn't about the name Hope Bell and this church as much as it is about you, Jesus, and your great love for people. And so, God, we stand in awe, we stand in worship, we stand available to be led by you. God, we hold all these plans loosely. We ask you to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, to course correct us, but to speak to us. Lord, these lives we have, they're they're only a breath, and we don't want to waste them, you know, with things that are going to pass away, with things that don't really matter in the end. We want to invest them in eternal things, in the lives of people, and so be faithful to the legacy that's been handed to us. God, this is our heart. We've seen you work. You are a faithful God, and we are praying that you would do it again. All in the name of Jesus. Amen. How exciting is this, church? <laughs> Lordy me. What a blessing. Um, yeah, been a pretty great day to share that today. Hey, we're going to sing a song, and uh, I know a lot of you come today with things in your heart, and you're hoping for God to move in your life again and in certain ways, and that he'll answer some prayers for you. So uh, before we leave today, um, let's keep this in mind that God's moved in your past. He's moved in Hopevale's past. He'll move in your life again, and he'll move in Hopevale again. So let's praise the Lord together. Walking around these walls.
waiting for change to come knowing the battles won for you have never failed me yet your promise still stands great is your faithfulness faith
worship a faithful God who is the grounds of our confidence. That's the only reason we can stand up. I can stand up and share something like this because he's a God worth knowing. He's a God worth worshiping. He's a God worth serving. And we want as many people as possible to know and worship this same God. Amen? Amen. So next Sunday, we're going to continue our vision series. We're going to talk about the why behind everything we've talked about and the message of life that is found in Jesus Christ and him alone. But as you go from here, may you go in the confidence of the faithfulness of our God. God bless you.